thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. This is David Perkins, and we're so glad that you're listening. Hey, if you're a part of our family meeting online or in person, we want to encourage you to get connected at Radiant Church KC across all social media platforms. God is doing something incredible in Kansas City, and we love connecting with you, whether it's through our app or even through all the content available on our YouTube page. Hey, our prayer is that God uses this message to change your life and that you could become a dynamic disciple of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Enjoy this message. Hey, everybody, if you love Jesus, say, I do. Hey, you guys look good. Uh, Tim and Rebecca Montgomery are in the house, aren't you? With Aren't you? Are you here, Tim and Rebecca? I heard rumor they were here. They Oh, they just left. Uh, that's how it rolls. Anyway, they had a baby boy, Abraham. Let's give it over, Tim and Rebecca, who were here. Uh, it's good to see all of you today. Um, hey, I just want to also thank all of you that are praying for, uh, we're, we're calling this Miracle Month at my house. So, um, but believe in God for this miracle building during Miracle Month. And uh, I'm getting text messages of just pictures of you guys uh, praying there. Sometimes you send videos, sometimes you send uh, just encouragement. And so I, it's been fun for me because I feel like more like technologically engaged with uh, more of you than normal. So if we can get a little bit of this ringing out of my ears, guys, that'd be great. I've got, a, I've got crazy, uh, it's just like all loud up here. So I could be going nuts though. That could be part of it. Um, <laughs> But anyway, I just want to thank you for that. I want to invite you to keep sending me that. It, it actually does encourage me significantly, and we're believing God for this space. And so um, anyway, it's awesome. Uh, exciting to see what God is doing. This is a really fun time to be a part of uh, Radiant Church, and I just believe with all my heart that um, God's got a miracle for us. So um, hey, if you have your Bibles, let's go Matthew chapter 5 today. We're in this Beatitude series and we're in week three, and here's kind of the vision of the series. We're looking at the culture, and we're recognizing that to be radiant disciples of Jesus in this culture, we got to pray. We got to seek God. We got we to gotta have God do the work of transformation in us. And so when we look at the, the, the Beatitudes, it's like the preamble of the Sermon on the Mount. And we're studying week after week one idea uh, that Jesus teaches us. And so um, we took a week and we went after the blessed are the poor in spirit. And then we went after blessed are those who mourn. And uh, we're going to go after Matthew chapter 5, verse 5 today. Uh, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Father, we love you today. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you're doing. I thank you for each person, each family, each man, each woman, each child. Thank you for every prayer. Thank you, Lord God, for the way that you're at work supernaturally beyond ways that we can see. And we ask, Lord God, keep at it. Do more. We're desperate for you. We need you, God. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Um, my 18-year-old son taught me a new word this week. Will, you'll be impressed with this. This is like computer-ish type stuff. Uh, but he taught me the word hackintosh. All right, so here's what hackintosh is. That means that you take a PC and you put um, Apple software on it, and then you call it a hackintosh. All right, and so the idea is, is that it's got default settings, and you put this new operating system on something else. And uh, so I love that phrase because I'm working through the Beatitudes, and I said to Dawson, "Hey, that's a lot about what Jesus is talking about here, because you and I, we we've got a culture that operates." In, in all kinds of flesh, in all kinds of putting me on top, all kinds of me being powerful. 
And when Jesus starts off, it's like a whole new operating system. It's like taking the ways of the world and saying, I'm gonna function in a completely different way. And when Jesus says blessed or happy or fortunate are those that mourn or are the poor in spirit or today are the meek. It's actually like saying, I'm gonna operate in a whole new way. This, the way that I'm gonna function, I got the same body, look the same out here, but God has done a work inside of me and now I have an operating system where I actually think happy, lucky, fortunate are the poor in spirit. Happy, lucky, fortunate are those who mourn. No, no, Jesus is is speaking to a, a, a context, a culture, where not just right now are they under Roman occupation, but all that they've known in their lineage is to suffer and to have others conquer them. And so they're wanting the opposite of going low. They want to go high. They want power. And so Jesus is speaking something that would feel like operating completely different. And when we keep going right after the Beatitudes, we get to Matthew 5, 16, where Jesus says that we're to be a light. And that the way that we live as a light is going to attract people to God. So that when we live as a light, salt, Matthew 5, 16, light. When you live like light, that people would see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven, it's that there is such a light inside of you, a light that's coming out of you. And so it's not a glow physically, it's the transformation of our lives that we can see in the Beatitudes. And as those things start to take root in us, where we're transformed into radiant disciples, that's what puts Jesus on display. And so sometimes we think of the Beatitudes and we think, oh, it's like the Enneagram, it's like personality traits. Oh, blessed are the merciful. Oh, blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Oh, I I have a friend who's merciful. Oh, I have a family member who's meek. But this is like eight attributes of a disciple. And as we live out these different attributes, these characteristics, then you and I start to become radiance. Why? One of the core values of naming this church was that Matthew 5 text. Understanding that when they see that you're operating differently, you're fundamentally a different person than the ways of the world, than the ways of the culture, and even than the ways that you used to be. Then they look at you and they say, what is that about you? I want what you have. And that, that's completely foreign. To, that's completely, how emotionally, how physically, how can you respond? How can you act And that's what Jesus did. Jesus was in a culture where people looked at his behavior and they said, that is so different. Jesus responded to people differently. Jesus, all throughout the way that he prayed and got alone with his father, the way that he healed. And so for him, instead of trying to be with the powerful, he's hanging out with those on the outside. Everybody wants to hang out with the cool insiders and Jesus goes to the outsiders. Jesus lived in a different way. And you and I are called Radiant Church, aiming to be radiant disciples of Jesus, to live that way now. That's our goal. That's our dream. So today we want to dive into this idea of meekness. So Jesus comes along and I think many a time when we read, blessed are the meek, happy, fortunate, lucky um, are the meek, we think weak. 
Warren Wearsby said it really well when he just summed it up this way. He said, meekness isn't weakness, it's strength under control. Strength under control. So, hard for us in a market-driven culture, in an ego-driven culture, to choose meekness. But it's the way of the master. It's the way of Jesus. It's the way of our king. It's the way that he invites us into. And this idea of meekness, it's not that you're weak. It's that it's strength under control. And so most of the Bible commentators talk about a horse, a horse that's tamed. So horse has the power, the strength, the muscle. But when it's wild, it's different than when it's tame. You don't lose that strength. You just bring it under submission. So for me, I thought of lots of illustrations, but none of them were relevant because they were all like, like movies and TV shows from the 80s. And so I, don't, I couldn't even think of any. I'm like Bonanza, The Big Valley. There's an episode of Little House on the Prairie where there's a wild horse that becomes tame. Um, I'm not gonna go into any of them. Man from Snowy River, Black Stallion. There's a lot of them, but um, <laughs> fundamentally it's this idea that I go into a meekness that is, I don't have to lose the strength that I have. In fact, where we're gonna go today is that it's actually a lot of strength. Jesus is our example. He's filled with strength and he's the example of humility. It's a great story in Numbers 11 where Moses is called the most meek man alive. So I'm gonna just read Numbers 12, three where it says, now the man Moses was very meek, more than all people who were on the face of the earth. Preacher joke as always, guess who wrote Numbers? Moses, calling himself meek, of course, right? But in reality, Moses is a picture of meekness. And when you look at Numbers 12, here's the context of where Numbers 12, three calls Moses the most meek man alive. The meekest man, the meek man, Moses. And it's the story where Aaron and Miriam begin to speak negatively about Moses. And God has something to say about it. And so God brings judgment. Moses remains silent. And then Moses goes and asks God for mercy for Miriam, that she would be healed. And God heals Miriam. Now, if you look at that context, look at the context where we see meekness described. Moses could stand up in that moment when Aaron and Miriam are speaking negatively of him and bow up like we do in our culture, flex. How dare you speak against God's anointed? Don't you know? Did God come to you in Exodus 3? I don't think so. Did you stand before Pharaoh? Do you know who I am? Come on, what rods you got? Let's go. And we don't have any of that. Instead, we find Moses dependent on God, not willing to flex up and give his resume. Show who he is. Show, and that is the moment where God steps in. And God defends. If you start to think about Jesus and the way that Jesus operated, different operating system than everybody else. In fact, in Matthew 11, we find the moment where Jesus opens up his heart and gives a description of what he's like. And he says that he's meek and lowly. And the, the Greek word here, you can call, it can go meek. Many most recent translations say gentleness because we don't really use meek as a common word today. 
But it's the same idea. It's meekness, gentleness. Sometimes, sometimes that word will even go humility. But when Jesus goes to describe himself, it's meek and lowly or humble and gentle of heart. Well, that's an interesting description because there's a lot of ways that Jesus could describe himself, but he describes himself that way. And so here's Jesus, Sermon on the Mount. And he gives, blessed are the poor in spirit. Happy, lucky, fortunate. Happy, lucky, fortunate are those who mourn. Happy, lucky, fortunate are the lowly, are the meek, are the humble. And you gotta imagine the people of that day. Are you kidding me? We've been under Babylon. We've been under Assyria. We're under the, we're under the grip of the Romans. No, we, we want power. So it's not just the culture that you live in that says, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show the world who I am. When I am spoken badly about, when somebody doesn't give me what I want, when I don't get what I deserve, when somebody speaks negatively about me. In the 80s, you just said something bad to your friend or your neighbor. Now, bam, you just pull out your iPhone and you, you text back, you slam back, you bow up. Well, I'll fight for myself. But what would happen if your greatest confidence was not in you to defend yourself, but to let God defend you? What would happen if the way that you operated was a different operating system? He said, all right, God, you called me. God, you saved me. You empowered me. You equipped me. So this person just said this about me. This person just skipped over me for that promotion. This person just, whatever is your offense that gives you the reason to have anger. If you look at your savior and he called himself meek and lowly and Jesus wasn't the one that ever flexed. I mean, how weird would it be if we were to read the gospels and when somebody came against Jesus, he just started to say, do you see me? The sea of Galilee, baby, I can calm that storm. I mean, if Jesus was smack talking, it would be strange. He doesn't do it. It's not in him. He's meek. He's lowly, he's humble, he's gentle. And it is the characteristic that he invites us to. And he actually says, the culture says, be the opposite. Show the world, you got something. Show the world, post everything. Tell the world how great, uh. And Jesus says, happy, lucky, fortunate are the meek, humble, gentle, why? Ultimately, those are the ones who say, my trust is in God. God will defend me. I'm walking with him. He's got me. But if you say, I don't think he's got me, then you say, I better fight for myself. I better flex myself. I better let the world know. Jesus, there's a moment. He's he's on the journey to the cross. And Peter pulls out the sword cuts off the ear. And I just love Jesus' response where he says, put your sword away. Then he says, you know, he who lives by the sword will die by the sword. And then, but but here's the phrase, don't you know? I could call, and where where does mine go? To his father. He says, I could call, my father would send 12 legions 
of angels. A Roman legion was about 6,000 soldiers. So Jesus is saying, if I were to call on my father, he's got me. 72,000 angels would be here in a moment. He's got me. But Jesus, actually Isaiah 53, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering, humble, lowly, gentle. Ultimately, the only way that you have that is you have this big view of my father's got me. I can trust him. You have a low view of my father's got me. You got a low view of God will take care of me. You got a low view of God is good. Then you'll say, I'll fight my own battles. So in the worship team, this is how I fight my battles. <laughs> it ain't true. You're actually saying, I fight my own battles. But you got this high view of God, like Jesus talks about his father, gets alone with his father, knows his father, talks about that he's going to be with his father. It, it empowers you to have the same, all right, I take on humility and lowliness. I love that moment in John 19 where Jesus engages with Pilate. So you can picture the moment. He's been taken from the garden. He's been beaten, whipped, mocked, arrested. They bring him before Pilate, Roman power. And there's just this great phrase where Pilate bows up because Jesus is quiet. Pilate's gonna show his Roman power. Let's show some. Don't you realize I have the power to have you crucified? And then you got the humble Jesus. I mean, you and me, we'd be like, bow up. You don't know, Pilate, you pathetic little, you, Jesus, he talks about his father again. You would have no power over me. Let's say we're given to you from above. High view. God's got me, my father's got me. So therefore, in the moment of Roman threat of death, the response is humble. You'd have no power for me. Even when we look at the cross, he's on the cross and the thief looks at him and says, if you are who you say you are, save yourself and us. It's got this, this mockery in it. It's got this, I don't, frustration. If you are who you say you are, save yourself and us. Surely that's a moment where Jesus finally bows up and goes, you pathetic thief. I'm with, I mean, we got nothing except for compassion. He looks, another one jumps up and says, hey, remember me when you enter in your kingdom. And what we find is Jesus giving mercy on the cross to this other thief over here and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. It is a different operating system. Jesus, the king, demonstrated for us. He told us, open up my heart. Here's what I look like, meek and lonely, humble and gentle. Culturally, you know who gets awarded in our culture? We know it. Deep down, we know the people that put power over instead of power under. They get the money. They get the power. They get the fame. And so we're always tempted to go with the cultural way instead of the kingdom way but the kingdom way always looks like the king. Jesus, the king, our example. 
and he looks at people and says, happy, lucky, fortunate. And we know that if you look at who Jesus is, I mean, he is all powerful. He is the king of the nations. And so when he invites his disciples, his people to be like him, it's for you and I to take our, our little moments, our challenging moments where we have been wronged, we are justified in anger and to say, Jesus, I'm aiming to respond like you. Jesus whipped, responds, meek. Beaten, meek. Mocked, he's meek. 2007, I was working on staff at a church in Colorado. December 9th, a shooter drives onto our campus, opens fire, and kills two young ladies their teenage years, Rachel and Stephanie Works. And over the next number of days, navigating the loss, the pain, the family, the church, really the community. And one storyline that came out of that moment that impacted me, the shooter was a young man had driven onto the campus took the lives of these, they were great girls. They were girls that had just recently gone on missions trips. And uh, David and Marie, the parents, got together with the parents of the shooter. And they got together at our church. And the response of the family whose children had been shot and killed was to look at this other couple who their son had killed the works' daughters. And they looked at them and they said, we're so sorry about the loss of your son. Which opened up the door for that family to look at the works and say, we're so sorry about the loss of your daughters. And they mourned wept, prayed. And I was thinking about if ever there's a moment to bow up and be mad, certainly you would say, how dare you, what you do wrong? There's a supernatural storyline to have your response be, I'm sorry you lost your son. We weep with you. We mourn together at the loss of our children. But that's what the kingdom looks like. It's ultimately a Jesus people that look fundamentally different than the culture. So this Greek word that can be meek, gentle, humble, we see it in Jesus' life. He set the example. And when you look at yours, imagine taking your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturdays, and just saying, lucky, fortunate, are the lowly, are the meek, are the humble, are the gentle. So with my social media, that's what I aim to be. And that's not culturally normal. With my job, 
and want it to mark me. And that's not culturally normal. In traffic, <laughs> at a coffee shop, they forgot one of the shots that you paid for. But imagine if you're the one, I mean, imagine if Jesus is walking around and he embodies this. If our church in Kansas City can be people that instead of saying, hey, I live in an economy where I paid for this and we have an economy of goods and services and, and, and you need to provide it better for me now. And, and imagine if, if, if we kind of go our kingdom ethic over our consumer ethic. I, I, no, I, and we notice the people that are getting it wrong and hurting and restaurants, retail, jobs. No, we're the ones that look like Jesus, finding the broken ones, looking for an opportunity to demonstrate humility. And so this idea of meekness, it's not weakness. It's actually strength. Jesus actually personifies the most strength because he doesn't give in to his flesh. I love that moment. Don't you know? I could call it upon my father and he'd send 72,000 angels. And you've got a lot of moments like that. So I want you to put it in action. I want you to see meekness in action. I want you to see meekness is actually God at work instead of me at work. A lot of the time you think, <laughs> you think God's not at work. God's, I'm gonna say this, God's MIA. That's what you think. He's, but I wanna tell you this, if you'll go meekness in action, I'm gonna give you some of that. And you'll, and you'll pull back and let God do the work. You'll start to see God more involved in things instead of, if you defend yourself, he goes, okay, great. You defend yourself, you fight for yourself. But if you're, the, if you're in that moment with Moses, God say he can lean in, Numbers 12, and he goes, okay, I'll heal. I'll defend you. I'll fight for you. Three thoughts. One, it's not inaction. It's action. You start to take meekness, and look at, look at the strength of it. We see in 1 Peter 3, meekness defends the faith. Interesting. So Peter talks about this moment here, and I'm gonna go, I'm going King James version on you just for fun, because it's where they give the, the meekness. Most translations are gentleness, but I wanna keep meekness as the theme all the way through. I'm not sure how many times you'll see KJV at Radiant, but here we go, we got it today. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Be ready to give the answer, to defend your faith. Defending your faith is it's active. Do it with meekness. It's not passive. It's active. Number two, meekness confronts sin. Galatians 6, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in sin, you who live by the Spirit, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in, spirit of, in a spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Confronting sin with meekness, gentleness, Confronting sin, that's active. We're not talking about a passive doormat. We're talking about trusting big in God, demonstrating trust in God. I'm gonna do the things of the kingdom, defend my faith, confront sin. I'm telling you, meekness, it's not weakness. Meekness, it's active, it's strong, it's God at work rather than me defending self. But meekness is supernatural. 
Galatians 5 makes it clear it's one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit or gentleness, meekness. So this is not your own strength. This is God. This is God at work, God giving it to you. It's, it's coming before God, like that whole series we did on spending time alone with God. And the fruit, the evidence of walking, fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, that's what gives me the strength. Because in your own strength, you will bow up every time. How dare you not give me that promotion? How dare you speak against me? How dare you not give me the right latte? How dare you cut me off in traffic? How dare you say that against me on Twitter? How dare? And it's this, the response is often my own anger to defend myself. But you go meekness. It is not saying I'm not gonna defend. It is saying I'm gonna let God defend. I don't need, I can absorb. This is a little bit kind of youth pastory, but give me grace. I did 20 years of youth ministry. It's kind of like if you take a punching bag, right? It absorbs. It's, it, it, better yet, if you go, you know those, like those sumo wrestling fights where you can put on like the sumo gear and then run into each other, right? I used to do that, confession. Uh, and so you'd have little junior high kids that would come up and they'd punch you and you just can't even feel it, Right? So what you're doing is you're absorbing and you're going, you're not pretending, you're not pretending like there's not pain, but you're letting God defend and you're refusing to have your primary response be your own flesh. You absorb, I trust you, God. Jesus is my example. Jesus was meek and lowly and humble and they spat upon him. They put him up on a cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And the Jesus way will always be better than the American way. The Jesus way will always be better than the way that your flesh is. And you'll always say, yeah, but my situation justifies me operating in my flesh. But that operating system is the operating system of the world and it's the way that you'll constantly live in a rat race of pain and tension. So you're the one that says, God, do a supernatural work inside of me. Let me fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Let the fruit of the Spirit, the beatitude, fortunate, lucky are the meek. For they will inherit. And you want to, that idea of inheriting, inherited the earth, those are the people, they can trust in God because they're looking to the future. Inherit the earth. Why would I fight for my little bit of pride right now when I know, wow. I'm gonna rule and reign with him forever and ever. You mean I'm gonna fight for that $20 coupon? Or when I literally, the th- I mean, the plant, I'm gonna inherit. It's speaking of the wealth, the abundance we have in Christ. So it's that eternally driven, I can look to Jesus in this moment instead of have to fight for myself, fight for my ego, fight for everybody to see me, fight to be noticed. And I know, I've talked to people in a lot of men's Bible studies. Ah, I don't know, that's not really a guy thing. You know, when Paul addresses Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 11, he says, but you, O man of God, and he says, pursue these five things. He says, flee immorality, pursue these five things. The last one is meekness. Pursue it. I wanna invite you. I, it's not just a feminine Characteristic. It's the most masculine when you can say, I trust it. It's actually men. This is actually one of the hardest things for men because our pride, especially, I mean, the way we've been, we've been trained, it's our culture. 
We've been trained to fight for self. We've been trained, don't let anybody walk all over me. And then we can mistake it into our flesh. When my boys were little, uh, I used to walk in and pray for them. Uh, they shared a bed when they were little and I'd get down and I'd pray, God, pray that both my boys would have soft heart, thick skin. You know, cause that's like, it's a rough world out there. One night I accidentally prayed, God, I pray that they'd have soft skin and thick hearts, you know. And <laughs> my boy's been teasing me about that ever since. <laughs> and I think that it's easy for us to think, let's just set aside meekness and gentleness. Let that be the ladies and then we will justify. And under the name of something other than Christ, we justify a lot of unchristlike living. But listen, this way of Jesus, this way of the kingdom, this way of the cross, of meekness, it's not a way of weakness. It's strength under control. It's I am the strength of God. And so I'll, I'll confront sin. I'll lead strong. I'm doing things God's way instead of mine. I'll just close with this. Uh, 2017, there was a, we invite the band to come on out. There was a story of a man who went live on Facebook, pulled over on the side of the road and went and uh, live streamed himself murdering a man on the street. It's the most horrific story. And they had the family of the fallen man on the news, national news, within days. And the news anchor looked at the wife and said, I'd like to give you the last word. Is there anything you'd like to tell us? And if ever there's a moment, we gotta, what is wrong? And you go after Facebook, or you go after the city, or you go after the police department, or you go after, I don't know, laws, you go after, you go after the, the shooter, you, you, you go after his, his family, you go after something. And this lady quotes John 3, 16, and then says, the same Jesus who died for my sins died for his, and she forgave him. And the city has a jaw-dropping moment. What? People will always criticize. People criticize Jesus. But we live in the way of Jesus. We are disciples of Jesus. So they're not always gonna understand. But you follow his lead. And there'll be moments. Little moments, medium moments, big moments. Where instead of responding in your flesh your pride and your strength and your finance and your intelligence and your accomplishments and your abilities, your strength is in God. And so it gives you the privilege of being someone who's meek and lowly of heart like your king. Will you stand with me? Let's pray together.
you just take a moment and would you just ask, Jesus, will you help me be meek like you? Now just you and Jesus, will you just confess the areas of your life where you know there's pride, flesh, all of us, all of us know this. These sermons are so simple to talk about and so hard to live. Now will you just give God your yes? Will you just say, God, I, God, come and dwell in me, transform me. I want a Sermon on the Mount lifestyle. Maybe this morning you're in the room or you're online and this is the moment where you go, I want God. I need God. I'm tired of flexing. I'm tired of living on my own strength. God alone is good and big and worthy and I, <laughs> I need God. The good news is, is that because of the grace of God, because of his love for you. Not based on anything you did or have done. He sent his son, Jesus. And Jesus lived the life we could not live with perfection. He went to a cross. He died for us so that you could have life. And you can begin your journey with Jesus by surrendering your life and saying, Jesus, I give you everything. If you wanna begin that journey today, or maybe there was a day that that was vibrant in your heart and you wanna renew that and say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I wanna invite you just right now, would you just say that? Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Change me, save me, give me new life. Make me new creation. I give you my life. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. I want to invite the prayer team to come forward. And uh, if you would like prayer for any reason, not just for meekness, but for anything, any challenge that you're facing, any scenario where you're just like, I just need help. You know, one of the reasons why I ask you to pray with us for this miracle building, it's because I actually believe that every prayer makes a difference. I actually believe that every time we come before God, God hears and God cares. And so whatever situation you're in, sometimes it's good just to have somebody that just prays with you and just say, will you just pray with me? I'm facing this financial obstacle. I've got this relational disaster. I just need God in my marriage. I need, our family needs God. And just these little moments just praying together are so critical.